0: Hello and welcome to The Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I am your host in The Pain Cave. And I am excited today to be joined by East Coast Ultra Running Stud, the multiple time winner of the Green Lakes Endurance Runs, the Vegan Power 50K. He blogs at mustlovejogs.com. He is Jason Mintz from upstate New York. Jason Mintz, welcome to The Pain Cave.
1: What's going on? Good to be here. Good to be here. Love talking about this stuff.
0: It's good to have you here. I am psyched that you are here. Today is our annual debate the Ultra Runner of the Year ballot podcast. We were going to have you on last year. Uh, The reason that we do this is, in case people don't know, Ultra Runner of the Year ballots are due in about a week's time. And for the, I think, fourth year in a row, I'm lucky enough to be one of the voters, or cursed to be one of the voters, depending on your... (laughs) Your point of view, but this is—it's a really fun process, and I, I'm really—I enjoy doing it every year. But you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, and I've definitely taken my share of criticism when I've posted kind of my thoughts on the matter. Uh, none more uh, loudly, or I should say, more well thought out than yourself. So uh, <laughs> this year, <laughs> this year the ballot is due in just about a week, and. So, I wanted to bring you on the show to give you a chance to convince me that I'm wrong or just show me the error of my ways before I actually turn the ballot in. We tried to do the same thing last year. We couldn't get the timing right, but our mutual friend, Laura Klein, was kind enough to step in and kind of argue your ballot for you, although I definitely got the better of that argument, I'm going to (laughs) say, so we'll give give you a chance to uh, redeem yourself this year. Before we get started, uh, how's everything going? I haven't talked to you for
1: quite some time. Yeah, things are okay. Uh, I haven't been doing a ton of running lately. I uh, ran Grindstone back in October. I saw that. I was
0: actually surprised to see that. Was that mostly for a state's uh, qualifier?
1: It, it was. It was definitely mostly for a state's qualifier. I was, I was that guy. Um, also <laughs> a hard rock qualifier, although I did not enter the lottery for that. It's not really my, uh, Not my style. Um, much like yourself I'm not a uh, you know die hard you know hard rock I have to get into this thing fan right you know? so yeah I, did, I do want to get back to states though at some point um so I did grindstone didn't have a great race I was having um, stomach problems for most of the race but kind of just gutted it out and uh, you know it could have been worse I'd actually like to go back there it was it was a nicer um, it was east Coast style you know obviously more mountains, but, but pretty East coast style trails. And and I really enjoyed the race. I would like to get back there at some point. Cool. Um, but since then I've been doing, you know, just taking it easy 30 miles a week, kind of taking a little off season.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. You need it after. I mean, that's always like a 24 to 27 hour effort or so.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: So good. Good. What's, what's coming up for you? Are you uh, planning on anything specific for next year? I'm sure Cayuga's on the map again as
1: usual. Yep. Yep, Cayuga's on the map. Um, Twisted As you branch. know, up here, up here in Syracuse, we have about six months of winter, so there's not a ton <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> in the immediate future. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to do Cayuga uh, again. I just can't get away from it, even when I try to. Yeah. And I am going to do Twisted Branch also again. Loved that race. Uh, last year was my first time doing that, and I think I'm definitely hooked on that one. That was just right up my alley. You know, it was about 64 miles, um, almost entirely single track, really – good stuff, competitive field, um, fun time for sure. So those are my only definites. And then after that, I'm just kind of kind of fill things in and see what happens.
0: Yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about twisted branch. Everyone's got great stuff to say about the course and the organization and it's only a couple Mm of years old, but it's, it's turned itself into a nice, uh, solid race. And like you say, some really, strong competition yep. and um and a state's qualifier this year so and a states qualifier fun.
1: now yeah so it filled up instead of filling up sometime in the middle of the summer it filled up in about a week and a half so geez that that'll do that <laughs>
0: yeah exactly exactly and that's what i keep saying um to folks around here is you know you want to bring people in you know you just turn something into a state's qualifier. there aren't that many hundred k's people are just drawn to right. that idea to begin with and you turn right. it to a state's qualifier and you're going to fill up fast so good Absolutely. very cool very cool all right, so what we're going to do is we're going to go through our ballots, or at least our what we're thinking about for our ballots right now, and we can kind of have some fun arguments. Now, the fun thing about doing this is the argument, really. I mean, you know, the, the Ultroni magazine, which puts on this vote and gives out this award every year, and, and John Medinger, who uh, kind of administers the voting for uh, the magazine, and has done so for a long time. Um, you know they, they purposely don't put any set criteria or anything on this award. There's about 25 to 30 people who vote, and the votes are tabulated, and and, and it's you know a, a kind of a cumulative thing, and determining the top 10 men and women, and the top five performances for men and women for the year. But you know they they don't attach any sort of criteria to it. There's no you know, minimum number of races. There's no, you have to run a hundred K or a hundred miles or anything like that. It's not weighted towards trail or road or track or anything. Basically, each voter is able to pick what criteria and what races and what results matter most to them. And I think that's part of the fun and, and part of, I think, what gets people worked up about it. But you know, that's kind of why we're here. And, and, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Obviously you can, you know, again, I like the debate and I like kind of arguing things back and forth, but you know, this is all in fun. Obviously if people, you know, don't like what we say or, or what our thoughts are, you're happy to, uh, you know, we're happy to engage online and, and talk in a constructive and productive and, and friendly manner but people tend to get kind of heated about this, and uh, let's, let's, let's keep it clean out there, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> Having just said that, that there are really no criteria, there are a couple of rules or at least a couple of kind of vague guidelines uh, that uh, Tropical John likes to give us before we uh, send in our ballots. Um, and I'll, I'm, I'm pulling this out from, from the email that we get here, just so people kind of know where we're coming from. Some very general guide- guidelines, runner of the year should encompass the runner's full body of work for the entire year. One great race can be identified in the voting for best performance. That criteria, to me, I, I really try to take that to heart in evaluating somebody's whole year, but I think that's where a lot of people get hung up and in, in somebody puts up one or even two really fantastic you know, off the chart performances, but th- don't have any other big or even any other races for the year. And I think people kind of get hung up on that sort of thing sometimes. First emphasis should be on performances in significantly competitive events where a large number of elite runners are competing, like State, Sonoma, Comrades, Run Rabbit, UTMB, Speed Goat, etc. Blah, 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 blah. Look at head-to-head competition where it exists. Uh, Versatility is a plus. Runners who have excelled over a variety of distances on a variety of surfaces should generally receive extra credit for versatility relative to those who specialize in one particular kind of race. Uh, Some people will put more weight on that kind of criteria than others. And then the other one that people get hung up on is the FKT rule. Uh, So the ultra runner for the last couple years has put on a similar kind of voting thing for FKT of the year. And I think they award the top five men and women FKTs. They have a similar voting process with a a panel of, uh, I think, somewhat fewer judges, but similar people. And so they've made the decision that FKTs and races are separate things for the voting purposes. So we are asked not to consider any FKTs in making our decisions. Uh, Some people, I think, kind of adhere to that a little bit more sharply than others do. I take that as a hard and fast rule. If you have a fantastic FKT, that's great. And the voters in in that ballot and that race should recognize you for that. But I don't consider it at all in my ballot. So that's kind of where we're coming from. All right. Got it? Got it. All right. Those are the ground rules. Let's get going here. How did, What did you think about this year in terms of your ballot and compared to other years? Did you find this easier or harder? Did you notice any trends in the way that you were kind of looking at things or any trends that you noticed when you were putting your things together of that, that surprised you or that were different in years past?
1: I think one thing I noticed was there were several people, both men and women, who had maybe one or two standout performances, but maybe didn't have, you know, four or five or six races deep like maybe they have in years past Mm -hmm. um so i think you kind of said a little bit in your intro but it's tough to place people like that um and you know i'm not going to name any names at this point we'll get into that but there were definitely a couple of stellar performances that kind of just you know floating out there on their own i'm not sure where to put them right um and then another thing i struggle with and and i don't know if it was any different this year than years past i think actually it was pretty similar but you know, people who are racing a lot of 50K, 50 miles, maybe, you know, great performances, but they don't really go into the, you know, 100K, 100 mile distance. Right. And and I, I, have a, I have a really tough time with that, too. You know, they're obviously running ultras. They're obviously doing extremely well in ultras. But how do you compare someone who, you know, only races up to 50 miles against someone who has 300 mile finishes? Yep. It, it's a tough, it can be a tough comparison.
0: Yeah, that's a tough one. And I think, you know, you kind of – you have to look at, obviously, strength of of schedule, as it were, strength of competition and field size and that sort of thing. You know, there just – there aren't as many kind of top-flight races in the 50K to 50-mile distance as there are at the longer distances when you look at competition and everything else. So, you know, you have to kind of weigh that, I guess. But, you know, one of the things that I noticed this year is how many of the top athletes, how many of their race schedules encompass, you know – one or more, and and in many cases, m- more than two or three uh, overseas races, which can mm-hmm. tend to be a little shorter. and mm-hmm. But the the competition there is generally stellar, and the field sizes are huge. And that, yeah, that, that kind of adds into things, because there may be races we're not quite as familiar with, or competition that we're not quite as familiar with, and, but they're on scales that, you know, we don't really see in, in terms of field size in, in this country. And that, makes it uh, very interesting. I think, I think this year, the amount, I mean, certainly in the last four years, the amount of top men and women who have, you know, multiple overseas and European finishes, and, and now actually even getting into some races kind of all over the world in the Far East and everything else with the Ultra Trail World Tour and everything, you know, those races have taken on an added importance for domestic runners. Iron Farr covers them more, and, and we hear more about them, and you know, it makes it a little tougher because we may not be as familiar with those races. But I found myself really taking those races into more account than I have in the past because because I'm more familiar with them and be, out of necessity because the athletes are really running a lot more races over there and we really just need to pay attention to them.
1: Definitely. Yeah, I noticed, I noticed that as well. And uh, a couple of them I had to kind of even look up to see. You know what the results looked like to see the overseas runners who were competing to know how competitive the field right, was. Right, exactly. That kind of thing and and yeah, it was interesting flipping through some of those. I might have jotted down a couple of notes about uh, travel plans. See <laughs> at some point in the future. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, one thing. I mean, one thing that's helpful is having, you know, all the various race series and and sponsored races out there. Thing, you know, when when races carry the kind of ultra trail world tour. Or the Skyrunning series kind of impromptu, um, it does make it a little easier to assume that you know the competition is going to be more stout at some of those races, and we've seen more and more people gravitating towards the Skyrunning series and and that sort of thing. So it does help to kind of have those kind of series attached to them. The and the other thing, yeah, like you said. People had fewer races, and, and I think a lot of that is because, or in in some degree, that's because of the unfortunate cancellation of the North Face Championships this year. And then the, uh, you know, just the carnage at UTMB, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's kind of the second half of the year, those two weekends for a lot of these guys especially – and yeah people's resumes were i i I seemed i I felt like every certainly on the male side every contender for the top 10 and i'm looking at like 15 or 20 guys you know it it was hard to find somebody who really did not have some sort of ding or hole in their resume whether it was a a dnf in one or more big events or just not having like you say that many results out there Mm -hmm. as they have in the past or a combination of the two It was uh, it was a little bit of an unusual year that way.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think the North Face definitely that race being canceled. I think definitely affected the outcome of the results. I think it will um, it'll it'll definitely change the order of things if if nothing else. And like you said, UTMB. Although that was more uh, you know instead of blaming it on you know weather or conditions, I think some of that might have been self inflicted by some of the uh, athletes. I'm not sure, but you know that was obviously tough conditions there too. And and I think you know, really, like you said, took a toll on people, no doubt. Yeah. All
0: right. So let's get into it. We're going to do our top 10 men, top 10 women, top five performances for each. There is a, another category for the voting, which is we do the top five age group performances for men and women 50 and older. We're not going to get into that today. That's a that's a fun category to look at. It's also a kind of a difficult one to argue about just because comparing you know, what's a, what's a good, you know, 50K for a, you know, 50 year old guy versus a good hundred mile for a 73 year old woman. It's just, it, it, it gets really kind of difficult and esoteric and really just comes down to people's preference and stuff like that. So I, while it's, while it's a, a fun category, I like that they have it. I don't find it particularly interesting to argue about, which is kind of the point of the show. So we'll skip that for now. Let's start with the women because we are nothing if not gentlemen here in in (laughs) the paint cave. What we did last year was we went from one to 10, but I've listened to a bunch of kind of pop culture top 10 lists for the year and podcast where they go 10 to one. It it kind of didn't make intuitive. I mean, I like the idea of it. It didn't make intuitive sense to me on how it would work in a podcast, but they convinced me it's the way to do it. So we're going to do, we're going to start from 10. We'll count down to one and then maybe we'll talk about some of our toughest omissions or like honorable mentions for the year. Sound good? Sounds good. Good. Let's start with the women. Who do you have for number 10?
1: Number 10, I have Camille. Uh, She was one of those people who had, you know, kind of the one extraordinary performance, not a a whole lot else on her resume for the year. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that some people probably would not have her in the top 10 i thought that uh her desert solstice was good enough that um that that it actually put her on the list as well as you know possible inclusion for performance of the year but we'll get into that but i I thought that performance alone was enough that that it warranted a place towards the very bottom of the list
0: yeah i i can see that for sure you know it's i've been kind of following some of the early debate online that's been kind of coming out. And I don't know if you listened to Eric Schrantz and Sarah on Ultra Runner podcast. They were doing kind of a year in review with Dylan Bowman last week, uh, which I just listened to. And they discussed, you know, their, they didn't go through their ballot, but they talked, among many other things, it's a really fun episode, actually, they talked about their kind of picks for Ultra Runner of the Year. And Eric actually surprised me because he was, it sounded like he was kind of considering Camille for his number one choice for Ultra Runner of the Year, based wow. pretty much off of, off of Desert Solstice. I don't have her in my top 10. I did have her in my kind of list of 10 or 11 toughest omissions. For me, right, her, her year basically came, came down to that amazing performance at Solstice. It depends on how much credit you want to give her for winning Bandera, which, you know, is a, a 100K national championship. But she, you know, she did beat a pretty thin field at Bandera this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in a time that was significantly slower than she ran the year before in winning Bandera and really had very few, if any, other results for the year. I think she ran Jed Smith, uh, the 50K, which, right. you know, again, a small you know, can be a competitive race, was not particularly competitive this year, and uh, she just did not make my list, but I can see yeah. it there.
1: I think she was one of the people that got affected maybe by the North face cancellation. I think if she had finished, you know, in the top group there, not even a win, but top group, and then still put up a similar performance in Desert Solstice, which, of course, we don't know if she would have. But, sure. you know, I think that could have solidified a spot in the top 10, certainly.
0: Yeah, and and in a normal year, Cam- uh, Camille's going to be either at the front or near the front of the top 10 voting. Obviously, she was the ultra runner of the year in 2017. Missed most mm-hmm. of this year, including, unfortunately, uh, missed out on having to uh, having a chance to defend her title at Comrades or to go back and try to get things right at States uh, because of injury and uh, was not able to come back until quite late in the year so you know like I said normal year yes Camille's right at the front and we'll I'm sure we'll have something to say about her for performance of the year but unfortunate limited by injury for this year Mm -hmm. I'm gonna cheat on my 10th because I still you know like I said I've got a week so I'm still debating for my 10th thought right now actually I have like Four women that I'm considering for the last two (laughs) spots right now. So I'm going to give you my my four people for ninth and 10th. And then who do you have ninth actually? And then I'll give you my four for ninth and 10th.
1: Okay. For ninth, I have Keely Henniger. Okay. I've Uh, got
0: her a little higher than that. That's great. Go ahead.
1: Okay. Yeah. She had some, some really solid results. Obviously Sonoma, she did excellently. Um, I think that probably bolstered her year quite a bit. Um, she, I think her last race of the year I had uh, as Tussy mountain back, which is kind of over in our neck of the woods a little bit. Mm-hmm. She ran, she ran a, a pretty good time. there, a pretty stout time. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she went overseas for Lavareto and had a, a good race there um, in a much more, you know, competitive field than, than a lot of the ra- races uh, stateside. And, yeah, I think she was definitely, you know, I think she's definitely gonna fall somewhere in in everyone's top 10.
0: Yeah, fantastic year, like you said. Sonoma, I think, was the big standout. Tussie winning the 50-mile national championship. She won Chuckanut as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, she was fifth at La which I, I found myself on both sides, uh, particularly the women's side, because there were so many great performances at La That's a huge race, and it gets a little bit of Kind of short shrift in the U.S. because it happens to fall right around States weekend every year. So I think we kind of forget about it. But that's a hugely competitive race. And I found myself waiting those performances quite a bit this year. And uh, people who ran well at Lavaredo on both sides wound up getting some votes from me. She also uh, just uh, two weeks ago, I think, was fifth at uh, Ultra Trail Cape Town as well. So yeah. a really good for uh, series, uh, season for Keeley. Uh, so you had her ninth. I had her actually as high as fifth on my ballot right now. All right, ninth and 10th for me, I am deciding between the following four names. You tell me what you like from these four or who you don't like. Corinne Malcolm, Claire Gallagher, Darcy Piku, and Katie, Sh- Katie Scheid. What are your okay. thoughts? Okay,
1: I, I, I have Corinne in my top 10, a bit higher up. Um, I I think she had a pretty, uh, pretty solid year. Um, she had, I think I've jotted down in my notes here that she had four pretty decent races. Yep. Um, I omitted all three of the others. They were all kind of my final cut. Um, and actually I, I, it, it was kind of Camille that bumped them. I, when I was really juggling at the end, you know, should Camille be in, should Camille be out? Um, and, and ultimately I, I did stick Camille on there and, and leave those others out. Um, it, it was close for me. It was kind of, you know, you get to the end of the list, the bottom of the list where things aren't quite as, as clear cut sure. and, uh, you know, it's almost like you're flipping a coin. I don't know. It's, it's, you're doing apples to oranges comparisons. Um, I, when I was going back over things, I don't know, Claire was probably the first one in that group that I bumped out for me. Right. Um, I just, I, you know, she didn't, maybe I, I was a little biased cause she had such a good year the year before and, and, you know, you, you start to build expectations of people and what you expect from people. Right. Um, so I think she was the first one that I, that I cut from the top 10 and, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's tough making that decision. I I think those are all names that certainly could be, you know, in that nine or 10 spot. I I don't disagree with you.
0: We talked a little bit last year about kind of grading on a curve and whether that's fair. Uh, it Mm -hmm. came up for me last year, particularly with Jim, where he had Mm -hmm. kind of his second straight great year, but you know, it didn't quite get to the same heights as it did in 2016, and was it fair mm-hmm. to kind of downgrade him for that? And yeah, I think Claire kind of falls into the same category where any other person or, or you know, if somebody else came on with, with this resume, 8th at the World Trail Championships, ninth at, at Lavaredo, uh, she won in Cinque Terre couple other little things here and there, I think you say, yeah, for sure. And, but when you stack it up against the year that she's had the last couple of years, you kind of say, it just kind of leaves you feeling a little disappointed. Mm -hmm. And she was caught up in the carnage at at UTMB, which, you know, and that's another thing that, that you need to consider. I mean, they don't, there's no definite provision on how much or how little you ding somebody for a DNF. I don't, love punishing people a lot for it, but in a close race, I think it has to count for something, and that, you know, that does hurt her when you're kind of coming down to, you know, picking between people who are, are otherwise pretty close. Sure. I I, I had her 10th on my initial pass, and then I was looking at Darcy. Uh, it's hard leaving Darcy off with the year that she had. She won four mm-hmm. hundreds this year, which is very hard to do. Yes. Including a first at Javelina and Angeles Crest and Hurt, uh, all, all Fairly competitive, none of them the, you know, ultimate top level, but but up there. 15th at Lavareto, which is a very good performance, but, you know, U.S. women made up a good chunk of the top 10 at Lavareto. and 15th is, I have to look at it, in, but, I mean, she might have been like the fifth U.S. woman there, so mm-hmm, that right. kind of keeps her down a little bit. Katie, I'm not sure what to do with. First at Madeira, first at the maxi race in France. Uh, second at CCC, I I don't know how to leave her off, but it, it, it's really hard for me to to kind of choose between those four people. And Corinne, I think you said you had Corinne a little higher.
1: I've got her a bit higher actually. Yeah. Yeah. I've got her. Uh, I've got her up around four.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So she was nine in my initial kind of running down here. First at Canyons, fourth at TDS seventh at the world trail championships ninth at western states I, are fantastic those are four just fantastic top tens uh, you know canyons maybe is a little overrated but the rest mm-hmm. of those you it really impossible to argue with so it's mm-hmm. yeah okay who do you got in yeah eighth? I,
1: I like her and I'll, I'll give you a quick sales pitch even though i'm going to get to her yeah. higher up the list but you no know, i think she did well at a variety of distances kind of a, a variety of styles of races so i i really like the variety there i think she had a little bit of everything going on so um, you know, I know you talked about earlier how you kind of weight different things. I, I like seeing a bit of everything there. So I think she, I think she hit that balance pretty well.
0: That's a good point. That's a good point. And that makes me feel better about keeping her up in the top 10. I, I think I might wind up bumping Claire for Darcy and <laughs> I don't know what to do about Katie. It's, mm-hmm. I, you know, do I, I'm, I'm wondering now, do I even bump my eighth place person down and bring Katie in there? Dar, you know, Darcy, I, I kind of had out and then Listening to, you know, Dylan and Eric and Sarah talk about people and, and they had all listed Darcy as somebody up there and, and really gave her a lot of credit for the year she had. I was like, oh, am I, am I underrating Darcy? And then actually, I think um, I can't remember who I saw talking about it. It might have been Carl Meltzer talking about how he thought she was, you know, a strong second for Ultron of the Year. And I was like, oh, wow. God, what am I what am I underrating yeah. <laughs> here? But it's it's a tough one. OK, uh, who do you have eighth?
1: Okay, eighth I have – and now you're actually making me question this because I, I was thinking about all those finishes Darcy had, and I'm wondering if I've, I've done this all wrong here. But uh, <laughs> I had uh, Amanda Basham in eighth. Yeah. Um, not a ton of results, not not a lot of running, but I, the results she had I thought were pretty impressive. Um, she won UROC and was actually third overall there in front of some, some pretty solid male runners. Yeah. Uh, and then fourth at States, um, which is also a really solid finish. I think, you know, it's tough. That's not a ton of stuff, really, that to bank on. But, you know, at UROC, she really ran just an unbelievable uh, race there. And, yeah. and I gave her a lot of credit for that. You know, I think 100K, 100 miles, I, it, it was enough for me.
0: Yeah, she made it look very, very easy there. Uh, I, I had her seventh. I don't think you have to, you know, okay. worry too much about that pick. She was second at TerraWare also. That's plenty of yes. a resume. Yes, yes that's me. right. Yep. So I, I'm... I, I think we're, we're kind of in agreement there. Eighth place for me, I have Bethany Peterson. Okay. Um, did most of her damage overseas this year, and this is kind of where we get into some of these things that we were talking about earlier. She was uh, first at uh, the Piran Sky Race, uh, second at Way Too Cool, third at Tromso, fourth at Kima, fourth at Transvolcania, sixth at Madeira, just a, a ton of, a, a slew of overseas results, and she wound up third overall in the... Skyrunning Ultra series portion of the of the standing. So you know, I, I'm I'm trying to kind of keep my awareness up of these overseas races and mm-hmm. she just put up so many good results. And I, I, I tend to, like I said, I tend to rate those sky races pretty highly for the amount of people and, and especially the level of competition that you see in those races. And to to pump out that many, you know, podium finishes and top five finishes there was super impressive. Mm-hmm. Okay, who do you have in seventh? Seventh,
1: probably my most controversial pick, maybe of, of the, on the women's side. I have Casey Licktag there. Um, she it was good to see her racing again this year, doing a bit uh, more stuff. She had a couple hundred mile finishes, tenth uh, at UTMB and twelfth at states, which are both kind of you no know, back end of maybe where we would expect to see her if she was running, you know, in top form. She also did uh, several fifty milers, second at JFK. I think she's one of those people where, you know, you obviously you run into the issue of grading on the curve. Mm-hmm. You know, she's put up some amazing performances over the years. Um, I think if she were anyone else, I don't think it would be as strange to see someone with those results in the seven spot. I think for her, maybe some people say she might not deserve to be up on the list there, but uh, I, it was enough for me. I thought she did enough racing and, you know, clearly not still in her, her top form, but, d- but definitely back doing a bit more. So. Right.
0: Yeah, Uh, I'm not I'm not shocked. It's higher than I would have had her. And uh, yeah, when I was going through stuff, I I actually going into it, I hadn't really planned on putting Casey in the top 10 at all. And then going through stuff, I'm like, Oh, wow, Casey really might need to be in the top 10 looking Mm -hmm. at that year. Uh, Ultimately, I have her in my first five people who missed out kind of in that 11 to 15 range. Like you said, graded on a curve, maybe a little bit, but you know, most of her wins did come in small races, uh, yeah. a lot of the stuff that she kind of tends to use, I think, as, as hard training runs around, around the Midwest, and ultimately, her two best results, I think, were top ten, the 10th place at UTMB, where, you know, I, I think in, in her two biggest races of the year, UTMB and Western States, I think she would acknowledge she didn't really have her A-game in either of those races and still gutted sure. out, you know, strong performances, but not, yeah, not, you know, not A-game Casey, uh, you mm-hmm. know, the 2016 ultra runner of the year i guess is it fair who knows the second place at jfk certainly helped and she ran she ran real well there not quite enough for me but i don't i don't have a problem with putting her up there so that was seventh for you seventh for me was amanda we talked about the great year that she had and Mm -hmm. um yeah so we were right around there sixth place i had and this one may be a little controversial i had sarah bard in sixth place okay
1: yeah she she was one of my group that got left out so uh why do you sell it to me? What do
0: you got? Well, I, every year I keep coming back to Comrades as, and, and mm-hmm. I think the more that you hear the top runners talk about Comrades, how big it is, how competitive, it's just competitive mm-hmm. on a different level from anything else we're used to talking about. Even, yes. even the big ultras overseas, even UTMB, even the Sky Races, I don't think any of us really understand until we're over there how huge first of all but also just how difficult comrades is you bring in an element of the sport that most of us are not used to dealing with in terms of these real fast roadies you have Mm -hmm. the whole African contingent which you really don't have to deal with in most of the trail races and you know I mean you listen to guys like Pat Regan or or Max or Sage talk about going out at you know close to five minute pace and being back in the 50s Place wise, right. you know, through the first couple of miles, uh, you know, in a fifty-six mile race, it's it's unbelievable. But you know, there are just hundreds and hundreds of people that, that are that are, you know, at the top of this huge field. It's just I, I, I don't I, I don't think we can undersell how impressive a top finish at Comrades is. And you know, Sarah's kind of made a career out of these really uh, high-end finishes there. Eighth this year at Comrades. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's her third, I think, top 10 finish there. But also, you know, this year, back that up with a lot of top finishes at domestic trail races, which she has not kind of excelled at in the past. Uh, she won Black Canyon, uh, ninth mm-hmm. at Speedgoat, which it's hard to get a much different profile in terms of Comrades mm-hmm. and Speedgoat in terms of the t- kind of terrain and difficulty that you're dealing with. Uh, seventh at Chuckanutts, sec- second at Ultravasin, which I think is, you know, varied in terms of competition, but usually still draws some pretty big names year after year. So a lot of versatility. And like I said, Comrades just kind of wins it for me there.
1: OK, that's fair. Yeah. Who do you have sixth? I have Sabrina Little sixth. Um, yep. Kind of a d- different reasons. I You know, she she started off. She ran Rocky Raccoon, ran a little over 15 hours, ran pretty well there. Uh, She came to Cayuga, won and set a course record um, on a pretty, pretty tricky course there. I think it was a little bit difficult, more difficult than than the previous years. And, you know, she beat what I thought was a pretty stout course record there. Um, And then what kind of bumped her up the list a little bit for me was I think it was just a couple of weeks ago. There was a 50 road 50 K that she did in Dallas and she ran three thirty two and i think she finished first overall actually yeah, I, she I don't did. Know. i don't think there was a whole lot going on there i mean i think it was kind of um you know not a you know mind blowing you know top competition stacked field kind of thing but, yeah, you know, but 3, 332 332 is, pretty, is nothing to no that's pretty stout know.
0: that's pretty yeah. stout and so, um, and right does show the versatility that we're looking yep. for yeah
1: Yep. I like the versatility there. So 50K, 50 mile, 100 mile. So I had her up at six.
0: I like it. I had her again. She was in my kind of Casey uh, and Camille Mm -hmm. zone just out of the top 10. 12th at the World Trail Championships. Also very, very solid. But uh, I think like third or fourth on the women on the U.S. side for that race. So not that she gets dinged for that. But, um, you know, I I do have. Sure. I I think I have everyone who beat her for the U.S. from the World Trail Championships on the list. So. Uh, Yeah, no, I got no problems with that. She was she was a a very solid pick. So Mm -hmm. that was your sixth. Uh, I had Keely in fifth. We talked about Keely already. Who do you have as five? Mm
1: -hmm. I've got Eliza LaPierre there. Um,
0: (laughs) Also in my also in my, you know, snubbed list. Yeah.
1: Oh, I think that's an East Coast snub for you. I know. uh, Those are pretty those are pretty solid results for her. Uh, Oh, yeah. You know, she had uh, she won Mount Mitchell, GDR, um, Vermont 50 miler, and then she was, you know, top ten at states. She finished eighth. Uh, I I thought she was pretty solidly in the top ten there. I think those are pretty pretty good results. I think, um, you know, I think she's one of those people uh, that all those West Coasters love to forget about, but um, for sure, I think she's got some pretty solid credentials. I think it was a pretty good year for her. Yeah,
0: I I I was looking at the list. I'm like, I can't believe I'm leaving her off this list, but mm-hmm. uh, I did ding her for the DNF at UTMB. Uh, not her fault. She actually injured her her ankle on a warm-up run like three days before the race. And I think she just had to pull the plug about, after about 20 mm-hmm. miles. It sounded like it was not going well. But, yeah, I mean, she, it, yeah, this the, this <laughs> is why this sucks because I love Eliza. And, yeah. yeah, she is an East Coast hero. And she did have a great year. Um, yeah. And, you know, a top 10 at Western States is a top 10. It's, it's fantastic. But yeah. I, I just, I don't know. There's just too many people.
1: <laughs> yeah. It is, it is tough. She you know, she's one of those people that that has great results on the East Coast, but she but she when she takes it out West, she's still, you know, yes. obviously super competitive. Right. So right. I I think it, I think it you know speaks for itself, but
0: Yeah. Uh I de- you know, I like I said, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm still about a week away from turning this in. Maybe she sneaks on there for me eventually. I I kind of doubt it, but I I hope she does wind up in the top 10 overall. I I would love to be wrong and see her. She's been in the mm-hmm. top 10 for, for end of the year before. And I, I hope it sure. happens for again. Sure. Uh, fourth place. Who do you have?
1: I had Corinne in fourth, who I think we talked about a little bit earlier, yep. but she, uh, she won Canyons, which like you said, wasn't super competitive this year. Um, top 10 at States, top five at TDS. I thought she had pretty well-rounded, you know, a lot of different distances, a lot of different kind of styles of races um, Four might be a little high there, but. I think she had a pretty uh, pretty solid, pretty well rounded year.
0: Yeah, that's a, like I said, that's a little high for me. I have her ninth right now. Uh, I think you've convinced me to kind of keep her solidly in the top 10 there. I, I'm not going to bump her. And, and if somebody's going to be in danger, it'll probably be Claire. And yeah, uh, fifth place is, is great. Uh, or fourth place, she says, is, mm-hmm. is great for her. Uh, I have Caitlin Gerbin in fourth. Mm-hmm. did she make your list at all she,
1: yep she's three on she's mine. three for yep. you good
0: yeah she had a really just a fantastic year and I, I knew she was going to be in the top 10 and then when yep. you sat down and you look at at her string of results you're just like oh god sure. she was unbelievable first at the bear first at yakima rim second at state second at white river 10th at the world trail championships on yeah. well, I think that team won the gold medal did they win the I, b- I believe... think they did Gold they or did, maybe yeah. silver, but I think I think they won the gold. Uh, yeah, great year for her. Uh, yep. and so you had her third. Okay, perfect. Yep. And then third, I had Hillary Girardi.
1: I, I left her off. Oh.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> Uh-oh. unconscionable. Uh-oh. Yeah, okay. That's that's the first one I won't let you get away with. <laughs> uh, Hillary Girardi was the Skyrunning Ultra Series champion and second in the overall Skyrunning Series. That's like finishing second to Killian. She was first <laughs> at Tromso, first at Kima. She was first. Uh, fourth at Madeira. It, again, I, it's hard to it's hard to know exactly where these overseas races fall in relation to the domestic stuff. But w- <laughs> if you're winning the Sky Running World Championship,
1: you're, you're you got to be on the list. <laughs> That's fair. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay. I'll, I'll have to move some things around over
0: here. <laughs> Who's your three? Uh,
1: so I had Caitlin German three. Oh, right. Yep. Um, and, yep. And, and then. Go on. Two, I've got Kelly Wolf. Me too. Okay.
0: Yep. Go ahead. So then Make I'm, the I'm assuming our two I, I one are probably I, the same. <laughs> I, I can't imagine not. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kelly Wolf. I mean, first at Laverado, first at Tarawa, third at transvolcania mm-hmm. fourth just recently at Cape Town. Um, I mean, that, that's good enough to win pretty much most years. Uh, yep. Just a yep. fantastic season, and so young. Oh God, she's going to be so good.
1: Yep. Yeah, she had uh, bad timing. She probably, like you said, probably would have won most years. Um, probably not this year. So
0: uh, I assume you have Courtney number one. I do. I yes. have Courtney number one.
1: <laughs> I think um, you know could be a could be a unanimous number one. Probably not. There's probably someone out there who will uh, you know uh, do something funny. But yeah, uh, I,
0: I hate to see who's going to vote her not number one. I, uh-huh. I mean, it's hard to say what more she would have had to do. I guess.
1: Right. Could you could, solstice, you, maybe? Right. could you could you
0: could you could you ding her for uh you know kind of a, a subpar performance at solstice which Gosh, that yeah it was a bit of a letdown i guess because everyone was kind of looking forward to the camille courtney showdown but uh-huh. uh after the year she had uh i not yeah. we don't need to belabor it i've spoken a ton about courtney on this podcast and and you know she's she's the superstar of women's ultra running today and and i i think it's going to be a, a fairly easy decision for most people to have her in the in the top spot
1: I think so. I mean, just going over her results, even even like still, you know, they're fresh in your mind because they were they were so outstanding. But just when you look at them on paper and you look at the times, it's just it's it's pretty mind blowing. It, it really, really is. is.
0: It really is. It's she she just the
1: number of races she did, the amount of mileage she raced, yeah. It's just extraordinary.
0: Yeah, I mean, she had nine wins. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's be a great career, <laughs> right? And and you know, that's not including uh, a second place in a, in another. I think she ran two west uh, two golden ticket races back to back came in first and yes. second in like consecutive yes. weeks. you know it's uh-huh. just I mean the the you know her performance at Bigs, her performance at Tahoes, you know western states obviously it, it was ridiculous, just a ridiculous year. and I, I, I mean next year is shaping up. I mean if she's shown the ability to recover from these huge efforts. And I hope she continues to do it. Next year is shaping up to be crazy for her. I mean, on the schedule right now, she has states, Hard Rock, UTMB, and the twenty-four hour World Trail Champion or twenty-four uh, mm-hmm. hour World Championships. That's in. That's from June to October, basically. So, amazing. I mean, if she pulls that off, yep. <laughs> oh God. I mean, who knows? I mean, sure. I th- I think she'll be able to. I, look, I don't want to, you know, put my mouth on times that somebody else's feet have to. Get to, but uh, I, I think she'll win Hard Rock fairly comfortably. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know that that will require her to dig deep as it would some other folks, and that might make the ability to kind of pull this thing off possible. But um, to to sandwich even a even a you know eighty percent Hard Rock effort in between, you know the two best fields of the year, potentially at states and UTMB, is is going to be very tough.
1: Sure. Sure But if anyone can do it She can Yes Absolutely
0: All right. before we do Our top five Performances of the year Who else did you have On your kind of Omissions list
1: Yeah the only other person That I don't think We've mentioned at all yet I had Sabrina Stanley As a a Omission I mean she won Hard Rock But It wasn't a Super deep field This year Uh, She came in third At Hurt Yep Again not a super deep race I think she had a good year I I don't know it wasn't that hard for me to leave her off, but I, but I thought she warranted a mention. I, think I agree. Was, was I had her year. in.
0: I had her in my like fifteen to twenty range. I, I agree with everything you said. I, I I didn't have a hard time leaving her off. Um, she did have, I think, four other wins, but um, yes, I think the biggest right. field of those four races was like forty people. So right. you know, you can almost kind of throw those those out the window when you're com- when you're really talking about the top competition. A great year, and, and I know that Hard Rock was her, her main focus for the year, and she came through, and she had a great race there. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Hard Rock's a, a thin field in a good year, and, and this was not even a, a great year for the for the women's side at Hard Rock, uh, or the mm-hmm. men's for that matter. So right. Um, I agree. Right. Uh, I had her in that list as well. A couple other people, uh, Rory, uh, second yep. at TDS, uh, third at Broken Arrow, a short resume, but I felt – uh, warranted to mention. Stephanie Howe Violet. Um, mm-hmm. Also, you know, kind of that great on a curve thing. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you said uh, first at Formidable, sixth at Western States, and eighth at Cape Town for somebody else, are they on the list? Maybe. Maybe. She gets dinged by the UTMB thing as well. Mm-hmm. Two other names that I wanted to mention. Megan Alvarado, showing some good range in a year where she talked about on the podcast uh, last month, uh, was a 24-hour focus year for her, but still came in fourth at Georgia Death Race against a pretty solid field. And, you know, two, tw- two 24-hour wins, including the national championships, and did run the ninth best performance all time for the U.S. at 24 hours uh, at the fast track race. So, uh, you know, she she actually, I, I thought, might have cracked my top 10. And uh, Taylor Nallen second at... at uh, Sonoma second at Speedgoat third at Sean O'Brien really good year for her no huge wins and she's gonna get obviously some some big love for performance or not performance of the year for um, FKT of the year uh, mm-hmm, when sure. that when that voting comes up but you know good year for her uh, I could mm-hmm. have seen I could see people having her in the top 10 mm-hmm. let's do top five performances one through five uh, what do you got
1: sure are we starting with five or are we starting with one
0: uh, just go one
1: Okay, one. I have uh, Courtney at Biggs Backyard. I yeah. thought that was, uh, I, you know, speechless. Yes. It, it, was, it was mind-blowing. Yes. I don't know. That was, I, I honestly can't wrap my head around that it. That
0: was the story of the year for me, for sure. Uh, I have it number two, just because I could not deny uh, Camille's world record at Desert Solstice.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to um, Biggs next year. I know that, I, I believe you were trying to get into that one. Is that right? Yeah, And, and um I guess that unfortunately won't be there. That would have been pretty cool if you were, uh, were down there. But yeah. um, I know Courtney was talking about, you know, going for 300 miles. I think, uh, I don't know if Johan's planning to go back or how that's going to play out. But, um, you know, it would be amazing to see something like that. But yeah. just as it was, just really extraordinary. Just unbelievable.
0: We'll have to see how the field plays out there. Courtney and Johan, neither of them on the list right now. And I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's because it's the weekend before... Uh, the 24-hour Worlds, Courtney will right. be on that team. I assume Johan will be on the team for Sweden, as he has been right. in the past. So right. we may I not think... see either of those guys there, although I, I think the, the field is going to be pretty stout regardless. Second place, did you have Camille, I assume?
1: I actually had Courtney at uh, Tahoe in second. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I have Camille third. I have Camille, Camille's Desert Solstice in third. But um, I Courtney's Tahoe, you know, that, that weekend it was happening, I was following the race closely. I you know went back over the results the time i think she was just under 50 hours 205 miles i think it's pretty extraordinary i think i think it would be an easier sales pitch for me to make if she had taken the overall win she obviously got passed late and came in second overall right um took the women's win took second overall i i thought it was pretty extraordinary nonetheless um i think that you know at some point probably in the next couple of years, we'll see that record go under 48 hours, but yeah, I thought that was pretty extraordinary, and I did bump Camille down to third, um, with with this, yep, tough crowd, (laughs) seriously,
0: (laughs) Yep. oh man, uh, okay, yeah, no, I, I am, I mean, I have Courtney's Tahoe as, like, uh, in my kind of five to ten range, oh god, I mean, not only was that a world record, that's like, if if camille was a guy that's like top ten all time for the u s her this her... is true
1: yeah I think it would have put her around seven or so <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah she's
0: like barely behind Pete
1: you know what I, I think that shows i I have a you know I'm a little biased against some of these track events I know that that, that you're a big fan yeah um, I, you know I have a tough time stomach them stomaching them a little bit but <laughs> just, I do have just
0: the concept like, of it
1: yeah yeah just the concept of it right I think what what did uh, Camille around like something like 600 and something laps? Just I, I don't know. Gives, I, I think that would give me PTSD. I don't know <laughs> if I could do it. I don't know if I could do it.
0: I had that number one. That was a, that was an, I mean, Courtney's Courtney at Biggs was my number one until Camille did that. I, I it was, uh-huh. wasn't even a, 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 a decision for me. Uh, okay. I had Courtney in third also, but for, for Western States.
1: Okay, I have that fourth. Yeah. I've Courtney.
0: Yeah, Courtney made the list three
1: times for me. Nice. I, uh, that's that's I cool. I had, Camille, I had
0: Camille Camille had three out, three out of the five for this for me last year, okay. I think. Yeah. I mean, second second fastest time all time there, I think. Uh
1: I I think maybe third I I've They could it, it was second or third. Yeah,
0: yeah. And on a very hot day, obviously. So. Sure, and on a hot day, right. Uh, exactly. I had Sarah Bard uh fourth at Comrade or uh, eighth at Comrades and fourth for okay. me. That was, we talked okay. about that already. Fifth place, what'd you have?
1: I had Sabrina Little's Cayuga there. I oh, thought, nice. Um, I thought that was a, like I said, I think it was a pretty stout record and, and she beat it by several minutes. Um, it was, uh, she was first overall. I think she was like the or first um, woman, but I think she was like fifth or sixth overall. Yeah. She really had a great run there. Um, yeah,
0: and that's and that's a field where you usually don't see a, a woman in the top 10. That's pretty unusual.
1: Mm-hmm, yep, it, exactly. She was pretty high up in the field and, and you know, it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't a super competitive women's field, but she beat some pretty good runners mm-hmm. by by a lot. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. I'm a little biased because it's kind of, you know, almost a hometown type race for sure. me. But I, I thought it was a pretty great performance. I sure. think, you know, I don't think it's crazy to have her there. No,
0: no, I like it. I, she didn't make my list, but but I like it. I, and I love the East Coast love. I had uh, an East Coaster in, in fifth. I had Megan at Fast Track. Okay. Uh, 100, 146 miles, ninth, ninth best U.S. all-time performance for 24 hours. That's That mm-hmm. made it for me. Uh, just missing like we said I, I had Courtney at Tahoe on my on my just missed list uh, Kelly, okay. Kelly Wolf at La Vereda, which we talked about yep. earlier um, yep. Magda at MDS Marathon to Saab mm-hmm. was was another one for me. Um, okay. I, I don't know how to uh, I know that's a very difficult race. I, I don't know how competitive it is really I mean stage racing is a whole different ballgame um, Right, but it, it's a, a very well-known well regarded race and and she did dominate it pretty well So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not not enough for a top five for me, but but was up there. Sure. Anything else for the women before we move on to the dudes?
1: I don't think so. No, I don't think I had anything else there. I'd be uh I think my jaw would hit the floor if Courtney doesn't take that uh top spot on the uh top ten list. Oh yeah,
0: no, that that would demand an inquiry of of some yeah, kind. Yeah, I, right, exactly. I might resign my ballot if that was the case. <laughs> All right. Uh let's start with the men. Let's do our top ten from ten to one. I'm gonna cheat again and tell you that I have um really I <laughs> really have I think five guys for the last four spots. So I have a top 11 right now and, okay. uh, we'll, I'll, I'll, give you, and, and honestly from seven to 11, I'd be perfectly happy bumping any of those people off in favor of the other one. So I, I don't feel okay. real strongly about the order, uh, for those, those uh, from for the top six, I think are, are pretty solidly there for me. Um, okay. but the, the, the back half of the top 10 and down to 11, I, I really, not that I don't care, but I, I you could, Convince me very easily one way or the other. Right now, eleventh place. I have Kyle Pietari.
1: Wow. Okay, I have him pretty high up the list.
0: Oh. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Well, I, I I thought when you said wow, I thought you were going to be like you weren't even considering him. So I'm I'm glad. No, that, no, I'm uh, glad that I'm not crazy in, in having no, him no. Definitely there. not. First yeah, at Brazos Bend, have... uh-huh. although not in a terribly fast time on a fast course. Third at Moab Red Hot, which is a very competitive. Uh, Early season race, fifth at Run Rabbit, sixth at Western States. That's that was a good year for me.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, you know Brazos. I remember seeing pictures of the race from afterwards. It looked like it was super muddy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it was kind of you know I think he ran just under sixteen hours. Kind of tough to rate that time in those conditions. Um, He raced a lot during the year, a lot more than most of the other uh, guys. Who I think I was considering it pretty pretty much for the whole top ten. I think he had something like seven or eight ultra finishes, you know, a couple of those that included some smaller races that were kind of like off the radar type stuff, but I thought it was a pretty solid resume. I think uh, he's one of those people that kind of keeps putting up year after year now, um, pretty solid results. So I had him all the way up at number four.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I I can't see him going that high, but like I said, you could put him up as high as seventh for me and I'd be perfectly happy with that and I'm not settled on my, my, Kind of back half here, like I said, so we'll see how that kind of shakes out. He certainly may mm-hmm. wind up higher for me. Tenth, I have Zach Miller.
1: Okay, Zach, Zach was a cut for me, didn't okay. make it this year. Yeah, uh, it, was, I, it was a heartbreaker to do it, but... uh. Yeah,
0: I, I, I don't blame you. And again, the DNF at, at UTMB, and this is going to certainly become a running theme for the guys because sure the amount of carnage there, it really, I think, threw the whole... The whole list into into doubt for a lot of these folks Mm -hmm. but you know second at JFK to a very very strong performance by Jared Hazen uh first at Cortina eighth at the world trail championships which I I like to see I like to give that race some recognition because I think it is very very competitive sure it's a really I think it's a little bit more well regarded in Europe or a little bit more important maybe to the top Europeans than it is to the top U.S. guys but I I do like recognizing that uh who do you have in 10th? Tenth, I have Rob Carr. Um Good, yeah, he's in my he's in my grouping here.
1: Okay, yeah, I you know obviously his performance for the year was was Leadville. He ran that insane Leadville time. Yep, um, great race there. But he did win several other fifty ks. None of them super competitive, but you know he was at Quicksilver. He did Bryce Canyon, mm-hmm. and, and and he I think he won pretty much everything else he ran. He so, did.
0: He did it um, until last weekend. He DNFed at uh, Cape yes, Town.
1: Yes, yes. So he was having um you know he obviously said the great Leadville and then a couple of other under the radar wins that were in pretty quick times you know I'm not like mm-hmm. super familiar with all those courses but just from taking a quick glance at them looks looked like he was in pretty good form this year yeah so, yeah.
0: yeah definitely now, f- flew under the radar with a lot of those 50ks yep. um yeah that you know Leadville was unbelievable sure uh, just a dominant performance second fastest time ever on the course and and people have argued that the course is probably a little longer than yes. when Carpenter set that record. Right. Uh, so, you know, could, this really could be the the course record there possibly. And like you said, they're kind of low key 50 Ks, but not small. I mean, you look at the field right. sizes, they're all 150, 200, 250 runners. I mean, decent size races. Sure. So um, yeah, no, I, I have him an eighth uh, on my okay. kind of uh, preliminary here. So yeah. I think that's perfectly reasonable.
1: I wish he'd done one more race in kind of a really competitive field just to kind of be able to, you know, see where he's really at. But I, I'm hoping he's I don't know what his plans are for 2019. But I'm hoping he's really ready to step back in and, and you know, do some competitive stuff here.
0: Yeah, that's what I was about. To, I was about to say the same exact thing. I have no idea what he's going to be doing. But um, yeah, I hope he's I mean, certainly fitness wise or whatever, he's, he's back to wherever he's been in the past. And, sure. you know, could you see him start mixing it up again at some of the big races like he has in the past at Sonoma at States at North face, uh, it would be fantastic to see. So I, I do hope he, he commits... I mean, I'm sure he's in schemo mode right now, but uh, mm-hmm. I, hope, I hope he's committed to a, a solid uh, 2019. Uh, ninth place, who do you have? I have Mario Mendoza there. I have him um, higher. I have him way higher. Way higher. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Yeah,
1: I think I, I dinged him a little on states. I think he finished 15th or... 16th, right yeah. Yep. 16th, yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that bumped him kind of down the list for me because I was probably... You know, he ran in, in many very competitive races yep. during the year, probably as much as anyone. Um, I, I definitely did hit him a little on states. I don't think he had any other 100-mile races that I see down. So, no, he did not. I, I don't know. You know, really, he's one of those people that's really, really solid at kind of like the short, sh- shorter, you know, quote-unquote. Right. And middle-distance middle stuff. But I maybe kind of... To, to be determined at 100 miles, so that that kind of bumped him down a little for me.
0: Okay, fair enough. I could see that. Uh, I mean, still 16th at states is still a really strong sure. performance, and sure. in that field, which was a, a really fantastic field. Sure. First at Bandera, third at Sonoma, sixth at World Trail Championships, uh, and top U.S. finisher there. I ha- I have him in fifth actually. Okay. Um, so yeah, I I think that's a that's a good pick for you. Ninth place, I have Jared Hazen, although I don't feel great about it.
1: Yeah, Hazen left him off um this part. I he was he was kind of the ultimate person where he had these stellar short results. Yeah. But nothing, you know, what do you have? Two fifty milers, a fifty K, not not a ton of stuff there. I, I don't hate it. I mean his, his times, his results that he posted were, you know, extraordinary. I mean it that's was, they the were thing. legit.
0: Right. I mean five thirty four at JFK is one of the three fastest times there uh-huh. ever. And uh-huh. took out Zach and a number of other solid runners. Uh, sure. second, second to Jim at, at Sonoma second at way too cool. I mean, you, you just, those are three of the most competitive, you know, yeah. quote unquote, shorter distance trail races of the year. Yep. Um, yep. yeah. Hurt in the middle of the year, uh, had to pull out of Western States and yeah, maybe a thin resume, but we're, a lot of these resumes are a little bit thin because of DNFs, because of, like we said, the North face, yep. uh, issue. I, like I said, I don't feel great about it. I don't know that he's going to stay in that top 10 for me. Um, mm-hmm. but the. And and certainly without the win at JFK, he would be nowhere near it. But that was a really, really impressive performance.
1: Really impressive. Yeah. I have uh, in my notes that I was jotting down ahead of time. I have just a big question mark next to his name. Kind of (laughs) like, where where do I put this guy? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What do I do with him? Exactly.
0: Yeah, you could have, I could, like I said, I could have him seventh. And and honestly, if you said he was 15th, I I really couldn't Uh argue. Uh, Who do you have ninth?
1: Uh, So ninth, I had Mario. Oh, right. Um, Sorry. Eighth? Yep. And then eighth, I have Cody Reed there.
0: I have him sixth, um, that's fine.
1: Okay, yep. yeah, I, you know, he had pretty good results throughout the year. Um, Tarawara, Bandera, ran well at States, ran pretty well at States, I guess. Man, yep. I'm not sure he was thrilled with it, but I thought it was pretty good. Yep,
0: and a 100-mile um, debut, I think.
1: Sure, yep, and and under 17 hours on a hot day. Yep. I think that was, uh, you know, I think maybe he was one of those people where we almost started to expect a little too much, Yep. but I, I think his results were pretty stout. So. Oh, yeah,
0: no, I, had, I have him sixth. I think that's a great pick. Uh, I had Carr in eighth, where uh, we talked about him already.
1: Who do you have seventh? Seventh. I put uh, East Coaster, Jim Sweeney in seventh. Uh, Very cool. You know, I think he, uh, I I think in past years, there's been this kind of spot in the top 10 that Brian Rosiecki has had like this permanent (laughs) kind of residence on. And I think for this year, he's turning it over to Jim. (laughs) He's
0: taking the Brian Rosiecki Memorial uh, yes, voting exactly. Okay.
1: Exactly. For those West Coasters who don't know who Jim Sweeney is, um, <laughs> he ran fourteen oh seven at Umstead for second, came in sixth at Euroc. He won Twisted Branch hundred K, ran thirteen oh nine for a hundred miles at Hedipin, and then was sixth at JFK. So did a lot of racing, did a lot of miles, and you know, pretty solid results all year long.
0: Yeah. I have him in my uh my top twenty, uh, but not in the top ten. Uh I yeah. see su- I assume you so yeah, uh third at or third fastest hundred of the year, I think. yeah. Uh, yep. At Hennepin, which really is the the crown jewel of the season. So sure. I assume you have Olivier in, in fifth then?
1: I actually have him all the way up in second. <laughs> really? Which I thought would make you happy. I thought he's your guy. <gasps>
0: that's insane. Oh, that's great. I love it. Uh I don't I have him in my top twenty also, but I, I was I was joking. I thought you were gonna be like, no, no. no. no, no.
1: <laughs> I, I like him up there. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why when we get up there. Okay. But, uh, I, I like it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Seventh place. I have maybe a little bit of a controversial pick. I have Jason Schlarb.
1: Okay. Yep. Schlarb was one of my uh, group that got left out. He's uh, lumped in with with Jared Hazen. Uh, yeah. G- good results. Um, I think his. I think he's won Run Rabbit Run a few times now, I think, right? I think
0: that was his third.
1: Third. Okay. Yeah. You know, I I almost felt like it was a little um this is probably a tough knock because he had some other good results but uh, almost like the run rabbit run things a little played out for me i kind of want to <laughs> see him you know do something else i mean and he does do other things of course but um he had a good result i think over in europe he did a good run at broken arrow but i i ended up just leaving him off i don't know
0: well here's the thing for schlarb like you said some good some really good races as usual in europe second at Iger, which is a really competitive one sure. he won he won in oman he was uh second in china he was uh, yeah, not a great race at Transvolcania, but but not terrible. And the win at Run Rabbit like you mentioned, you know, Jeff Browning is going to be somebody that we discuss coming up and mm-hmm. uh, I actually think he's going to wind up winning the this whole shebang. And if he wins this whole thing, then you know, Schlarb needs to get credit for for kicking his butt at at Run Rabbit. <laughs> that's that's kind of where I came down with it.
1: Okay, that's fair. That's fair.
0: So, yeah, that that's where I was on that one. Wow, I'm still reeling from the fact that you have Olivier in second. That's fantastic. <laughs> sixth place, I think we said I had Cody Reed. We talked about yep. him already in his uh, really, really strong season. Second in Bandera, second in Tarawera, the top ten at Western States. Uh, who did you have in sixth?
1: Yeah, so this is a little bit of an inconsistency in mine, possibly. But I do have Mark Hammond in that spot. Um, inconsistent in the sense that he finished behind Schlarb at Run Rabbit. But yep. he ran really well at Mount Fuji, yep. top three at States. Um, you know, he's kind of one of those people... He's definitely under the radar more so than I think a lot of the people that consistently show up on that list. Um, You know, for someone who's done so well at States now, he just really doesn't get a ton of kind of media attention, doesn't get a ton of attention in general. But, um, you know, I thought those were pretty solid results. Um,
0: Oh, yeah. I have him fourth. Yeah. Okay. He he, he was fantastic. I mean, I kind of had the same argument internally with the whole uh, Browning and Run Rabbit thing. Sure. Uh, I mean, he beat Jeff there, too. Third at Western States, uh, you know. And second American, obviously. Eighth at Fuji. Yeah, fantastic year. Yep. I mean, ding, ding him for UTMB a little bit, I guess, if you want to drop him down from fourth to sixth or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, no. Uh, great, great pick. So that was sixth for you. Uh, fifth, I have, uh, I don't know if I mentioned, but that's where I have Mario. He he fell in fifth for me. Uh, we okay. talked about him. You know, you turn me around a little bit on him. Could I drop him down a little bit more? Maybe. But I, I kind of like where I have him seated. And then uh, Mark is fourth for me. Who do you have fifth?
1: Yeah, 5th. I you're not going to like this one, but I've got Dylan Bowman in 5th. Um, oh, I don't like it I know it you at probably all. think he should be higher. I know you've been talking about all year. <laughs> um, you probably got him a bit higher, but you know, I think what I was looking for um from Dylan Bowman was maybe more more results. Um maybe something more uh I don't believe he had any hundred milers this year, is that right?
0: That is incorrect. He incorrect. won he did. He won uh, Mount Fuji.
1: Mount Fuji. Okay, that's right. He Mount Fuji. Yep. So, I don't know. I think I was just looking for, for a little bit more. Um, I, I You could probably talk me you – know, like I said earlier, I had Kyle Patarian in, in fourth. I could probably flip those two and move Dylan up to the fourth spot. But right. um, I, I could probably be convinced of that pretty easily. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think he was um, top three material for Ugh. me.
0: Okay. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. i uh, Yeah. Okay, we'll get to this in a second. <laughs> now you know what let's get we, we can get to this now I, I i don't I see what you're saying and debo I, I've, I've I've come to grips with the fact that he is not going to win this vote unfortunately, but he's going to be unfairly penalized for the fact that North Face got canceled and therefore nobody got to see him race domestically yep. he, he he did not he is one of the only guys on this list who does not have a you know, finish outside the top 10 or a DNF on his resume. Um, And he's going to get dinged for quote unquote, only having three races and all of them being fantastic against just amazing competition that nobody knows about. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Jim is going to be, I think a lot of people's vote for number one or number two and look had a great year, but he, he has two finishes this year. Yes, And if you're going to say that Debo only had three races and but Jim had two plus a huge blow up. Uh, that, yeah. That's that's an inconsistency to me. I think I, I um you're going to be in the majority here in having him in that fourth, fifth range. And I, I think that's I think that's wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it wasn't just that he had so few finishes. And, and this applies to Jim also, since you mentioned him. But it's like when they fell on the calendar, too. It's like I, I don't think he has a result since August. Is that right?
0: Yeah. So, it, so he was, he was, yeah, he was second at, at TDS in August. And then, yeah. right. I mean, he, like I said, he got dinged for, he gets dinged yep. for, for North Face getting canceled. Yep. Um, yeah. Which, you know, that, that, that sucks, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's yep. not his fault. Um, yeah. So, okay. Who'd you have third? Okay. Did we, I, do yeah, we, do we, is that what we're up to? We're up to third? Yeah. You had uh, Kyle and, you had Kyle and fourth. I was, I was saying I had Mark and fourth. Did I say yep. I had Mark and fourth?
1: Uh, yes. I yeah. believe you did. Okay. Yep. 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 And then I had Walmsley 3.
0: I had Walmsley 3 also.
1: Um, you know, two like mind blowing results, but you know, he had the bad blow up and it's only two results. And you know, if we're saying that uh, I'm saying Debo hasn't raced since August, I don't think Walmsley hasn't finished since what? Since uh, June. Since so, June, exactly. Yeah, it's pretty extraordinary. Um, but with that being said, you know, 551 at Sonoma. Oh, yes. Yeah, mind-boggling 1430 at State's holy cow.
0: Mind-boggling times. Obviously, yeah. he beat two of the best fields of the year. Although, yep. uh, you know, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Sonoma wasn't what it's been in the past.
1: No, it wasn't.
0: And honestly, I mean, a cynic could say that all he did was beat up on his training partners there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, that that I mean, I, I think we not to not to denigrate that performance too much because he blew up his own course record there by sure. a he solid by like margin. Yeah, it was right. it was ridiculous. Sure. Yeah. And obviously the win at states was historic and we'll get to that I'm sure shortly. But yeah, that's that's it. And Sonoma, I think people just say well, it's Sonoma because it's, you know, it's got all this history behind it over the past decade and and it gets these great fields year after year and it and it was a good field for sure. But it was I, I don't if I really if you if we really went back and looked at the top fields of the year domestically and abroad, I, I don't think that's one of the top five or ten uh, overall fields of the, of the season maybe maybe top 10
1: yeah, maybe maybe not even though yeah. I, I completely so, agree with you I thought it was I thought it was pretty uh, pretty light but you know nevertheless the the, the 551 is just you know, it's cruising. It's amazing. Oh yeah. And
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fourteen
1: thirty sure. obviously speaks for itself. That's unbelievable.
0: Okay. Second place. I, I love it. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I've got Olivia here. Uh you know, he took the win at Umstead in a quick time in a competitive race. Uh he took a win at Old Dominion, and then he put up 161 miles in a twenty four hour, which I realize is, you know, a little bit less than Camille ran and I had, you know, Camille down all the way in the ten spot, but Olivier had the other two hundred mile finishes, both wins, and uh, you know that's a lot of miles. That's that's pretty solid stuff. I I, I liked it. Um, I think it showed a little versatility. I know that you know Umstead and Old Dominion aren't exactly you know like these gnarly mountain races, but it showed a little versatility, and sure. I thought that was uh, pretty decent for him. So I I, I kind of debated um, that two spot between him. Um, Walmsley, I, I considered Debo cause I knew you were a big fan. Um, but you know, I really didn't, I thought there was a little, uh, a little gap down, um, there. So I wasn't sure, but yeah, I could, you know, I could have gone with Walmsley. I probably could have gone with Olivier. I I don't know. Um, but I, yeah, that's where enough ended up for me.
0: I gotta say, I don't have him on my top 10. <laughs> I have him in my kind of next 10. I, okay. I, I don't hate it. I mean, I can't hate it. I, I love Olivier. I love giving the 24 hour national champ some love. Uh huh. Here's my... I believe
1: 161 miles is right around top ten all time. Is that right? Yeah. Here's
0: my pushback. Yeah. He he ran like 160. Point something, uh, right, right. which is technically not even his PR because he, right. he he's done yep. 161 before. He is yep. his his 161 is 10th US. Okay. So this is like 11th or so. But but again, not even a PR for him. now. He did not need to run a PR. He won that race very very easily. I, I think right. by I think he won it by over 20 miles. So uh, certainly not challenged there. But you know, when we're when we're getting down to brass tacks, I'm gonna hone in on the details. The win at Umstead was great. He beat our our man Jim there. Yep. And uh like you said a competitive race in a very fast time. The win at Old Dominion, it's nice. I don't really care. Sure. There's you know, there's less than a hundred people in that race and he ran seventeen hours. He basically yep. treated it as a training run. That's great. Yep, absolutely. Um I, I mean, look, we didn't do this last year. I, I don't remember I, or we did this last year, but I don't remember where you had um where you had him or if you had him on the list, but I, I thought he had a better year last year than he did this year with his American record at 48 hours. Okay. So, okay. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I think I actually left him off last year and, th- and then I think I felt um, a lot of remorse about it. So maybe I'm overcompensating. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I had him, I, I either had him 10th or 11th last year. I either had him just off or just on the top 10. I'm not a hundred percent sure I can go back and listen, but um, I mean, he had a comparable year. And I, I thought, I on the margins, it was actually better last year. And, and uh, yeah, second, I I love having him in the top 10. I, you certainly could put him in the back half for me, but, but second seems super, super high. So I assume that means you have Browning number one.
1: Yeah, I've got Browning. Um, I think he, uh, I think he was probably going to be number one anyways, but then, you know, North face gets canceled. Browning goes and wins Pinotti. So I think it was just enough that um, kind of put the icing on it for me. He has kind of the, Hard Rock with the asterisk. I don't know. It was kind of a weird year for him, actually. When you when you put all those you know elements all the together. all the
0: weird but, crap that happened, yes, <laughs>
1: yeah, it seemed like it was following him around a little bit. Although none of it really you know super related to him, but um, yeah, Hard Rocky kind of fell into it there. Obviously, had another great race in the states. Um, won several other hundred milers. Ran pretty well at Run Rabbit Run, even though he didn't. Um, you know, he came in third, but just a lot of, a lot of miles and, and just solid results again.
0: Yeah, I, I have him second. I, I've, I've reconciled myself to the fact that he's going to win, and it, mm-hmm. it makes me a, a little bit upset. But, um, mm-hmm. he, I mean, it's hard to argue with the year he had. He did have a great year. Uh, regardless of what you want to say about Hard Rock, he did win. I mean, he's the official yes. winner of Hard Rock now. Yeah, yeah, sure. Right, like you said, fifth at Western States, third at Run Rabbit. But, you know when when you dig deep into the details so fifth of west states third at run rabbit he lost both of those races to mark hammond who neither of us have in front of him yep. um i had a very hard time arguing for him to be the ultra runner of the year when he lost twice to mark who and mark also had a top 10 at utmf and is you know several spots below him on on the yep. list you know yeah the, the win at, think... the, the win at hard yeah. rock uh, I, I just don't I know. know what to do with it. Um, I know you. You know how I feel about that race. I think anyone who's yeah. listened to the show kind of knows how I feel. I, I, I don't get it. I don't. Uh, I don't understand why we, you know, why it has accrued this much importance. It's a, a race with 140 people, mm-hmm. and there are five people in that race, maybe that can win it every year. And I would argue this year there were two. Like if if you looked yes. at if you looked at that starting field going in. Like, I looked at that beforehand. I was like, oh, Xavier will win, and Jeff will be second. And, yes. Uh, and that's exactly what should have happened, basically. Right. And it, and it wasn't close. I mean, Xavier was going to win that race by two hours, three hours? Two hours, yeah, about two hours. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know how much credit to give Jeff for falling into a 26-hour win yeah. at, at, you know, an iconic yet... M- Not competitive. It's a minimally competitive race. Look, this year is going to be different. If the people, sure, if if everybody on that list shows up there, fit and ready to go, sure, you've got three of the top hundred mile trail runners in the world. That's a great race. I mean, yeah, that's one of the fields of the year. Next year, that is not what we normally see at Hard Rock. We see and and we see three to five people who can win. And this year was a, a, a a thin field, even by Hard Rock standards. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Look, I love Jeff. The guy is older than dirt. He's getting it done. <laughs> I mean, he's yep. he's pumping out these career years in his mid to late 40s. It's freaking yeah. fantastic. It's awesome. And and Dylan was saying on Ultra Runner podcast last week, he's like, it's it's like a, a career achievement award for him, which is great. Yeah. But you know, that's not what the <laughs> that's not what the vote yeah, is. It's what it is, sure. it's Ultra Runner of the Year. And yeah, I, it's. Uh, uh, it, I mean, congratulations. Good. It's he's going to win, and 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 it's great. But I I don't think I don't think he's my number one.
1: Yeah, here's you know, uh, I I tend to agree with you. I mean, the thing about Browning is his results are just solid across the board. But he never, you know, he's never going to put up a a Jim Walmsley like performance. He just doesn't, you know, he doesn't have it in his legs at this point. Sure. Um. He, well, he probably never. I mean, nobody does. No, nobody so does. Right. He, he he just doesn't. You know, you're not going to see fireworks at one of his races. But I'll, I will push back and say this. He's got 300-mile finishes that are 1645 or faster. So we had States, Antelope Island, and Pinotti were all, you know, that's pretty quick. That's that's moving along. That's a lot of miles. So, I don't know, It's pre- pretty solid results. I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, but, you know, he did have a lot of results up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No,
0: and look, in, like we said, in a year where pretty much everyone's resume was missing something or was a little deficient or was dinged by a dnf or something like that yeah. he, he was he was unscathed from that perspective yep. you know he he showed up and he basically won or, or was on the podium and and you know there's something to be said for that no you're right sure. i mean he he's not he doesn't have the same kind of otherworldly talent uh of a lot of those guys i was i was messaging with mike himes before we came on actually and he was like uh oh, browning he's he's a grinder He's like, if you put him in a race with Jim, he'll, you know, Jim will crush him. And it's like, sure. yeah, I mean, but that's true of anybody. I mean, we're not, this is not the, you know, who's the best runner, or who's the fastest runner. It's who had the best year. I mean, it, if it was just who's the fastest runner, Jim would win every year. I mean, that, that's no fun. Right, right. So, yeah, no, there's there's something to be said for the year that he had. And, and look, I, I mean, I have him second overall. It's, you know, it's, I'm yeah, not sure. Saying, I'm sure. not saying it was shit. Uh, sure. I'm just... um I, I I just didn't think it was it was the absolute pinnacle. Um, yeah, I have I have Debo. I ride for Debo. I I don't. You know, you can ding him on not racing domestically. You can ding him on not having enough results. And again, that that's not his fault having not had North Face there. And Himes was like, look, what would Jim have needed to do at UTMB for him to be number one for you? I'm like, I, I mean, anything in the top 10, and he's the clear number one. But, mm-hmm. you know, he had two results, basically. And you yep. can't you can't just say, well, he, you know, everyone bombed at UTMB. Yeah, but you know what? Dylan was there that weekend, and he was second at TDS in, I don't know, the most exciting ultra finish outside of bigs this year. You know, took out huge, huge and incredibly competitive fields at UTMF and at Tarawera. Doesn't have a bad race on his resume. You know, I can't hold it against him that that North Face got canceled. It's not his fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm in the bag for Debo. I'll admit it. It's fine. He's a great guy. I love the guy. I hope he wins. He's not going to win, um, <laughs> but that's fine. All right. Uh, top five performances of the year quickly because this is getting crazy long and I'm sure you have to get to work or something. Yeah, yeah, sure. Do
1: you want me to go? I'll just do you want me to just read through? Yeah, just blow through your top five. Yeah, I've got Walmsley's Western States. Yeah, number one. Carr's Leadville is two. Yep. Hayden Hawks's Laveredo is three. Yep. Jared Hazen's JFK is four. Nice, good, okay. And and then I've got Olivier's Twenty Four Hour is uh, number five.
0: That's awesome. So I have almost the exact same thing. Cool. Wamsley at one. I have at Western States number two. I have Zach Bitter actually at Tunnel Hill. Um, okay. Twelve oh eight fastest yeah. hundred mile of the year. Actually, Sarah uh, Sarah Lavender Smith was making the argument on uh, URP that. You know as the quote-unquote trail world record that should really put zach in consideration for the uh top 10 or for for the ultra runner of the year she had she had him number one overall for that wow i calling that a, I, I look we've discussed this before yeah. calling that a trail race sure. is a joke and it, it it's it should not what you want to consider it a, a trail world record that's fine i think that's ridiculous. And honestly, it's it's Zach's third fastest one hundred yes. of his career. So, but right. uh, it did for me warrant mention because that's that's incredibly fast. Uh, okay. Three, I had Carr at Leadville. Uh, I had Hayden Hawks. You had Hayden Hawks at La Vreda, You said, yeah, it's number three. I had him fifth, and I had Olivier at, at North Coast and Jared at um, JFK okay. in sixth and seventh. Fourth place, okay. I have Morgan Elliott. Okay. Course record at Mount Mitchell.
1: Okay.
0: Four twenty, which is blazing fast on that course, and. Mm-hmm. Broke the old course record by something like 15 minutes and is like 20 to 30 minutes faster than some of the all-time greats have run there mm-hmm. um, I love that course. I love that race and yeah, and, cool um, mention, yeah. and uh, he he absolutely bombed it uh, okay. shout out also to uh, Sweeney's 1309 which we talked about before yep, and yep. Um, I had Wamsley at, at Sonoma as well Which we talked about also okay sure. any yeah. snubs that you want to go through quickly?
1: Not really. I mean, I think Jared's pretty legit in there. And the reason I'll say that, um, JFK, I think that was the second fastest time ever to Walmsley's record. And I think the conditions looked absolutely terrible this year. So I'd like to think that um, Jared could have even, you know, been right around where Walmsley's record was in better conditions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's why I had him up there in the top 10 overall. So we'll see if that lasts. But um, yeah, Yeah, yeah. I, I love having that up there. Top ten omissions for the uh, Ultra end of the Year. Anyone that we didn't talk about that you wanted to shout out? Uh,
1: not really. I mean, I had uh, Zach Bitter was probably I yeah. sure, Zach Bitter, Jared Hazen, and that is it.
0: Yeah, Zach. I think it's, it's, um, the clear ones. Zach was the the one who fell just outside for me as my uh, my kind of toughest omission. Although I made that easy by putting eleven in there so far. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll see. Considered Tim Tollison, uh, Hayden yeah. Hawks, both had uh, a couple of big DNFs to go along with some yep. really great performances. Yeah. Chris Brown, just wanted to okay. shout him out, had a really good, really good, especially early part of the season and a top 10 at Western States. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Cool. Mintz, thanks so much, yeah. man. This was a lot yeah. of fun. was awesome. I'm psyched we got to do this. I think, yeah, I, we actually, I think, agreed a little bit more than I thought we would.
1: Yeah, that was disappointing. I was kind of hoping for uh, <laughs> no more blood in the streets here. But <laughs> what, uh, what do you have coming up? What are you racing next? I got Rocky. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, right around the corner.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, six, seven weeks away. So getting okay. ready for that, getting psyched. We'll see how that goes. And then cool. I, I'm sure I'll see you at Cayuga or something like that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Maybe we'll get to run some miles together there.
0: Yeah. Has, has the snow cleared up by you?
1: Um. It did, and now it's back. Oh, good. Have fun. (laughs) Fun never ends.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tell everyone up there I said hi and have a great holiday and a great new year. And I will speak to you sometime soon.
1: Yep, you too. Good luck with your training for Rocky.
0: (laughs) Thanks a lot, man. All
1: right. Thank you you guys.
0: Thank you guys all for joining us in the pain cave today. And until next time, keep putting one foot in front of the other. The
1: years have been long enough, but I'm not dead. Happy now, just to spend some time with friends and
0: have a roof above my head. I'm not faded, just been faded, like a good old pair of jeans, rusted like a proud old car that's drove a little too far and too much rain.
1: But long ago, as a child, I look about the night sky and. The bus feel upset to think of all the years I'd have to go through there. I was still young, when I was still young, and I was still.